And I uh, want to now uh, turn uh, to our uh, next two guests uh, who are uh, good friends of the independent and always on the cutting edge out in the streets uh, uh, demanding uh, justice and uh, I would say cultural revolution. And uh, that's uh, Reverend Billy and uh, uh, a longtime preacher for the Church of Stop Shopping and also Sabatri D. Uh, she's an activist and artist and the director of the Church of Stop Shopping. And uh, uh, welcome to y'all, uh, Sabatri. I, uh, I don't know if Billy has disappeared for a moment, but Sabatri, uh, welcome to WBAI Radio. Hey, John. Good to see you. How are you? Pretty good. So uh, I don't know if you got to hear that clip we played a little while ago of the uh, the Sheikh uh, uh, Al-Jabir uh, saying that uh, there is no scientific reason to think uh, that we need to phase out fossil fuels. Just uh, kind yeah. of hearing that kind of mentality. Yeah, and, and this is the person shocking. leading the COP uh, summit this year. Yeah, I mean, he tries to walk it back, right? But, you know, really this, this question that's going on right now about a, uh, a phase out or a phase down, you know, that's really uh, the critical thing they're uh, pushing around, you know, and, and I think, um, He's a perfect example. You know, he, he just keeps trying to normalize this phase down as if we don't need a phase out, you know, but we've committed to a phase out. So let's go. Sometimes uh, with people like that, it feels like it's a more of a phase in. But um, uh, well, I mean, we know that's true. But we knew that even in, five years ago at, at Paris. I mean, even at that time, the investments already in place, the projects already in place five years ago made a phase out impossible. So, I mean, it's all kind of performative if, if, if you ask me, but uh, I mean, right. I mean, uh, it's not necessarily something to believe in as one would believe in, you know, religion say, or like, you know, a family tie or something. You can't believe in the, you can't believe in the process, but you know, you have to commit to the process. Right. Now, uh, the Church of Stop Shopping and its choir uh, has tra- traveled to some of these uh, COP uh, climate summits. Um, can, can you talk about uh, the last uh, climate summit that you all traveled to and sort of what you all did and what you encountered uh, both uh, with the activists on the outside and the powers that be on the inside? Sure. I mean, we were in Glasgow two years ago. Um, and That's in Scotland? In Scotland, correct. Um, and it was very interesting to be there. Um, maybe not because it fueled some sort of optimism, but more because you see the community of activists, you know, that's always, um, a helpful thing to see who shows up, you know. Um, I, there were a remarkable number of, uh, frontline communities there and indigenous people from all over the world. Um, and I, and I was told from a lot of people on the inside that, um, the indigenous communities were given a lot of, uh, a lot of talk time, a lot of microphone time, um, and not in a tokenized way, really, but in a, a really sincere way. Um, of course, we know that that, that, uh, ended in a walkout, you know, everyone walked out, mm-hmm. the delegates walked out, right? So, um, Glasgow was, you know, it's highly militarized, highly policed. You know, we had a security detail from the minute we stepped into the city limits. 
Um, we were tailed, followed, surveilled. Um, there were a lot of activists there from all over the place. Um, a lot of beautiful, creative um, actions going on. And, uh, but there was a feeling of despair amongst the activists, a feeling that this um, was it. It was really like the, the last chance, you know, which is probably how we're going to feel for the rest of our lives, that this is the last moment, this is the last chance we have to do something. Um, but meanwhile, you know, the, the momentum of uh, corporate interests and, and their interrelatedness with uh, nation states around the world, not every nation state, but almost every nation state, um, makes it fairly difficult for the voice of the people to to uh, be heard or to have a seat at the table. You know, we know that uh, four out of five humans on Earth, when they're asked, say they would do anything to stop climate change. They say, we need to do whatever needs to be done to stop climate change, right? And so that right. is clearly the will of the people, right? But the, that other that other person, the, the fifth out of five, is the one with the bank account and the um, and the and the signing authority, I guess, for these treaties and 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 for the policies that ultimately, uh, you, you know, create our reality around us. Right. And uh, uh, Reverend Billy uh, Talon, he's uh, rejoined us. Uh, uh, Reverend Billy, what what are some of your memories of the that last climate um, summit that you attended in Glasgow, Scotland? Billy? There he is. Go ahead, Billy. Wow, I guess it's just a bad signal. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> hope he can. Uh, you know what? Uh, our engineer can call Billy. We have a, a you oh, know, his number. Do um, you know his number? And, that would be great. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, Re uh, Reggie would have that number in the, uh, I believe, would have access to that. So hopefully maybe we can get uh, Billy on the phone line. Uh, since he, he dropped off with his, uh, digital connection there. Uh, so, um, I guess just talking a little bit more about the kind of what it's like to be at a, a, a climate oh, conference. Yeah, sure. like so this. there's a big conference, right? And it's set up a lot like a trade fair and it, it has that feeling about it. It's like a big trade fair. And then there's a, a lot of fencing around it, a lot of, um, perimeter building around the actual event. And outside that perimeter are, you know, rings and rings of activists. Um, and, uh, you know, you are watching the world walk in and out of that, uh, that, uh, conference center, whatever it is. Um, you, you know, you're watching people from the global south. You're watching, you know, the leaders of the EU. You're watching, uh, just a lot of different kinds of people. And, and of course, all their assembled teams, you know, so, um, it's really a, a beautiful thing the way the United Nations can be a beautiful thing because you're, you're seeing the whole world. Um, but this division between the professional, uh, you know, policymakers and the activists is, is pretty stark. And, um, one does feel, uh, quite, um, suppressed. The, the voice of the people quite suppressed. Um, there tends to be a very heavy handed police and, um, and one feels the kind of, uh, yeah, again, just a kind of desperation, you know. Right. Um, Actually, we've now got Billy on the phone line. I, good. I understand. Billy, are you there? 
Yes, I feel a desperation against uh, the media, technology, the, the effort to be on the radio show, but I'm glad to be here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Whatever, you know, whatever it takes. Um, so, uh, as Savitri was sharing some of her, uh, uh, memories and experiences of what these, uh, climate, uh, summits are like, uh, especially for the activists. Uh, anything, uh, you would like to add uh, to that in terms of, of, of the divide between the activists and the, and the suits and, um, and also what, what do the activists, what kind of conversations do activists have among each other since the suits on the inside aren't, uh, listening too much? Well, at this point, we're just in, in a, uh, a trap of doublespeak, having an oil executive running the, the International Climate Conference, um, bombing children in real time on our screens with our tax money and calling it liberation, calling it security. Um, and then you turn and you, 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 you want to fight for life, and there's really no way to do it. And so I think we're getting at this, at this point, we're just out of time. And we're going to have to start doing what movements have always done, which is there are some people that are willing to risk their lives for change. I don't see how more huge, uh, uh, like we had a 75,000 person march at the end of climate week. Did it really make a difference? Marches and rallies, marches and rallies, marches and rallies, and, uh, Desperate radio interviews with John Tarleton. I don't think it's gonna, we have to, we have to, we have to start confronting the police, confronting the courts. We have to, we have to start saying we want to live. And it, it, we're at that point. We're at that boiling point. It, it's just, it's just got to, we can't just be just shouting and waving signs anymore. The, 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 the change has to take place. Because the Earth is on its own schedule, the Earth will just go forward, and and we will have that sixth extinction that that the scientists tell us about. So I'm. I mean, I'm, one very interesting I'm development um, this year is this is the bringing forward of a, a proposal, which I just think is a um, is a good lens kind of to look at the whole situation we're in through. Um, which is to tax every military budget in the entire world, 5% towards climate mitigation and, and relief. Um, knowing that the, the gravest and greatest, uh, threat to security moving forward is climate, that conflicts will increasingly be caused by climate, various, you know, various forms of, you know, flood, drought, uh, land use issues, all, you know, there's a lot there. But this this idea that you would take money from the military <laughs> to mitigate climate—I mean, uh, I don't I don't support increasing military budgets ever. But uh, it does kind of show you this lens, like you can look through that and say, "Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense." You know, there's this positive feedback loop between climate and conflict, and these ballooning military budgets. You know, but really, just to start understanding that, like. It's a preventative measure, right? We have to take preventative measures wherever we can now. Right. And, uh, kind of coming back down to sort of the very local, um, uh, Billy or Savitri, uh, can you talk about the Earth Church, uh, that, uh, your organization has, uh, formed over the last year and a half, uh, taking over a, a former bank, uh, building, uh, in the Lower East Side on Avenue C? 
Shall I, shall I take it, Savitri? Yeah. We, we, we have an experiment, a cultural experiment, uh, that we're working on. We believe that there's a, a kind of urban secular spirituality that we need in our environmental activism that we have not had, and that our activism can become much more powerful when it's not just political theory or right thinking, or, uh, but rather uh, a, uh, a feeling that I am the earth, the earth is in me, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing what the earth must do. You see, there's a, there's a great leap forward. The Democrats and the environmental movement have not ever wanted to, to touch the spiritual question, but the earth is a spirit. The earth is alive, and, and we are a part of that life. And so mo- modernity, you know, modern living and, and Christian neoliberal capitalism have just pushed that away as a possibility. We think that we have to have a radical new cultural approach. So the last year and a half, we've been experimenting every Sunday, uh, and we're going to start up again in January at 5 p.m., January 14th, after we're done with our Joe's Pub shows. We're, we're, uh, we're exploring new ways to be with the earth that will affect, strengthen our activism. Okay. And uh, another high, uh, local matter that you have devoted a lot of energy to is the situation at East River Park. Can uh, you talk about that and what you all are uh, involved with? Savitri, you want to take that one? Right. Well, the East River Park is a uh, a, a kind of it's a pork project, right, for our city government. It's a, a lot of money uh, for so-called uh, coastal flood resilience. And, um, yeah, it, there's a lot of terrible things about it. First and foremost, the destruction of a 60-acre green space for one of the least served communities in the city for green space. Um, you know, who have, uh, incredibly high asthma rates already, terrible air quality as the FDR runs right by it. Um, and that green space is slowly but surely being eliminated by the city, um, in the name of flood protection. When, unfortunately, it's not sure that it will help with the flooding. <laughs> um, and we know that it will cause flooding elsewhere, like primarily across the river in Newtown Creek, the largest Super fun site, <laughs> the site of the largest oil spill Oops. in this country's history, right? <laughs> so, um, there's all kinds of problems with it. Um, and, and, uh, they've destroyed the, the, the lower half of the park and are, you know, on their way to the upper half of the park. 500 trees remain, mature, beautiful trees, um, that, that people have grown up with that have seen a hundred years of history in this city and, and sheltered untold number of animals and creatures and and teenagers and grandmothers and uh, those trees are one by one being cut down. Uh, so we've been working to stop that. But I mean, it's not just about the trees. It's about air quality. It's about quality of life. There's science every day, new science every day, showing that you know life expectancy is higher if you live by a park. You know, the the actual telomeres in your cells um, are are stronger. 
if you live in a near a green space, I mean, there's just all kinds of evidence that that being in a green space actually improves your physical quality of life. This is not like sentimental and emotional. This is physical. You are part of the ecosystem in which you exist, right? And uh, we need trees, right? Trees give us life. So, um, right. We just have a couple of minutes here. Uh, this is a climate re- so-called climate resiliency project. It does bring to mind. Uh, what's going down and down in Atlanta with Cop City, sort of another a juggernaut that this system is trying to unleash where they're tearing down a, a forest there to build a, a, a cop training center. Absolutely. That's where the, that's where it's struggling for the earth and, and, and struggling for democracy and children and families and struggling against racism in those projects, Standing Rock, Line 3, the Wet to Wet and Pipeline up in British Columbia, the Cancer Alley struggle down in Louisiana. The sacrifice community struggles are where, where the the two, where the the COP twenty eight in Dubai and the bombing in Gaza of families and children. It comes together. It's one, it's one struggle. Indeed, and, uh, right. And uh, uh, Sabatri, before we have to go, uh, can you let people know about the? Uh, shows y'all are going to be doing this month at Joe's Pub. Sure. The next two Sundays we're at Joe's Pub, uh, 6 p.m. And uh, 35 Voices, cheapest show in, on Broadway, you know, we like to say. <laughs> um, and you can get your tickets at joespub.com. But, um, yeah, I encourage people to come down. It's a, these, are, these are hard days uh, with what's going on in Gaza. And, uh, yeah, it's good to be together right now. It's good to be together. Yes, so the, the, those shows will be uh, these next two Sundays, uh, the 10th and 17th of December at Joe's Pub, uh, right down the street from Astor Place in the Cube there. That's right, uh, at the Public Theater, yeah. Yep. All righty. Uh, thank uh, both of you for joining us, uh, Sabatri D. Thank you, John. Yeah, thank you, Billy. Uh, we had the struggle to get you on the air, but uh, we won this struggle, so yeah. uh, thank you for uh, uh, sticking <laughs> with us. Let's get to that other struggle. Let's get yeah, that on to bigger struggle. struggles. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> right on. Uh, so uh, we're going to wrap it up for now. I uh, want to thank our uh, uh, board operator, Reggie Johnson, and uh, producer, Amma Gagarin, helped out with all the music and, and audio. And we'll be off next week, and we'll be back after that. And for our final song, we're going to hear uh, uh, from uh, the, the the choir of the Church of Stop Shopping. It's called Change Without Us. Do you feel what I'm feeling? 